In the middle of nowhere it seems, creeps, monsters, and downright strange happenings reside. Welcome back to the swamp my friends and welcome if you're new. Today we're going to be sharing some creepy and allegedly true middle of nowhere horror stories sent in by viewers just like you. As always, if you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, be sure to submit your story at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I would love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp. Be sure to join me over on Twitch if you haven't yet. I stream over there multiple times a week playing horror games and all other kinds of things. You can find a link in the description. Now, let's get into these creepy and downright strange middle of nowhere horror stories that'll freak you out tonight. Are you looking for a stress-free summer? HelloFresh sends you foolproof, step-by-step -step recipes and fresh, pre-portioned ingredients to make mealtime a summer breeze. Get 16 free meals plus 3 free gifts with code SWAMPED16 at HelloFresh.com SWAMPED16. This happened 10 years ago in Monroe County, Michigan before the area became overdeveloped with subdivisions. I'm not going to disclose the exact location for security reasons, and just for reference, this building and the three others around it are now gone, and a subdivision now stands in their place. In 2010, my friend Bill told me about this creepy cluster of abandoned buildings buried in a patch of woods in the middle of nowhere in Monroe County, Michigan. So one Saturday, we decided to explore the woods around them since we had nothing to do and eventually make our way into those buildings. We drove down a long, empty, narrow road with nothing around but cornfields as far as we could see. Then coming up on the side of the road to the left was a patch of woods. In those woods we could see some large buildings set far back from the road. And just for context, it was a rather cold fall day and all the foliage had died off, so you could easily see them from the road. We pull into this narrow dirt road leading up to a clearing. Now, for a quick layout, a large plain square building looked like a warehouse on the right with only one glass door on the front. Straight ahead was an eight-story dark glass office-looking building that looked like it had seen some better days. To the left was a primary three-story parking garage. We decided to check out the parking garage first, so we parked the car in the clearing got out and started walking toward it. Before I even got there, I stopped to look up at the office building to get a good look at it. The first thing I noticed is that it was dark, very dark, and looked like it was built in the 80s at the very least. Then, while looking at it, I thought I saw something move on the fifth floor, somewhere just out of view of the window. I suddenly got chills and brushed them off as me freaking myself out, and continued walking towards the parking garage. Now, it is a little strange, I know. People listening to this story probably saying, why are there random buildings and parking garages in the middle of nowhere? And honestly, I can't even really answer that, I don't know. This area wasn't huge. This parking garage itself only covered two floors, and the roof had parking as well. Immediately, we noticed something odd. At least 30 cars were scattered throughout the structure. To make it even weirder, they were all 80s making models, and it looked like they hadn't been moved in years, and something even stranger, some of the driver's doors had been left wide open. Others were left in the middle of aisleways with doors open like someone had just absolutely dipped out as fast as they could. 
Then we noticed the cars were dusty like someone hadn't driven them in forever. Most had flat tires, but there was no rust on any of the vehicles, and lots of personal belongings had been left in them, untouched. Then my friend noticed that most of these cars' odometers didn't have more than 10,000 miles on them, which was very odd for the age. This whole thing was bizarre, but this isn't the weirdest part. So next, we headed to the building that looked like a warehouse, and to our surprise, the double glass door was unlocked. Now this already sounds like a movie, and it very much felt like that. We went inside, and the first thing that hit us was the smell of mold and rot. To our surprise, it wasn't a warehouse at all. The entrance had led us to a cafeteria-slash-bar area at the front of the building. The room wasn't in perfect shape and looked like it hadn't been updated since the 80s. Typical wood paneling, old yellow paint, etc. There was lots of moisture damage to the walls and ceiling, and lights fell off the roof. The air quality was so bad, I guarantee it hadn't been aired out in a very long time. Anyway, we noticed some weird things right off the bat. First, unfinished food and drinks were sitting on all of the tables, and unfinished beverages at the bar counter as well. Chairs looked like they had been knocked over as people had left in a hurry. Even weirder, this building had no windows anywhere as far as we could tell. There were no exterior doors except the one that we came in from, as far as we could see. We then walked towards a large doorway opening on the other side of the room. We went into another room that, to our surprise, was a big open room that was at least 100 feet long going in each direction that had ceilings that were at least 30 feet high. It kind of reminded me of a gymnasium type vibe. At this point, due to there being no light in this room and the building having no power, this will be important later, we took out two flashlights to see around the room. The room was big and empty, apart from chairs being scattered everywhere. We noticed a stage on the far wall of the room, so the room must have been some sort of recreational or multi-purpose auditorium. With nothing interesting to see, we left the room and headed back towards a long, dark hallway by the door. We entered the building. There was nothing down this hallway except an elevator and a dead end. My friend screwed around and pressed the call button for the elevator, and to our shock, we heard a bell ding, and the doors opened. This was unusual since the building had no power. My friends and I had tried the light switches by the door when we first came in. We both looked at each other, then hesitantly stepped into the elevator cart. Also, for context, there was no stairwell anywhere as far as we could tell. The elevator had working lights in the cart, which looked like an 80s-style elevator. It had five buttons. One labeled basement, one tagged the main floor, one labeled roof, one labeled second floor, and then the emergency bells. We pushed the second floor. The doors slammed closed and the elevator groaned as it began to move. Finally, the doors opened after what seemed like forever and a large, empty room greeted us with literally nothing in it as far as we could see. We decided to head to the basement because there was no other door in this room or even a window. We pushed the button, the doors again slammed closed and the elevator quickly started moving. Much quicker than before, but not too fast. Finally, after about five minutes, the bell dinged, the doors opened, and what greeted us chilled us to the bone. When we stepped out of the elevator, there was a large underground room that was as big as the main room upstairs. Red emergency lights lighted it, and smack dab in the center was a massive square computer-like machine at least 20 feet long and 10 feet high. 
It was turned on and had all kinds of strange dials and screens we didn't dare touch. All sorts of wires were running in and out of it, and various sockets in the ceiling. All the writing on the machine looked to be in a foreign language, and I couldn't understand any of the graphs on the screen. Now for more context, this was before we had cell phones and cameras, or I would have included pictures. This computer was the only thing in the room. Anyway, red flags were going off like crazy, so we hopped back in the elevator and decided to get out of there. On the way back up, the elevator got stuck but luckily only briefly. After leaving the building, I just wanted to get out of there and forget about all of this. But while heading back to my car, my friend convinced me to go check out the office building. I would later regret it. So we headed for the building's front door and surprisingly it too was unlocked. We went in and right away I got a bad feeling something awful was going to happen. The entrance led to a small reception area that looked like a typical office, except it was utterly silent and there were no people around. After exploring the first floor and finding it empty, we explored the next few feet. Floors two and four were all the same. It was utterly deserted. Now the fifth floor is where the action really unfolds. After stepping out of the elevator on the fifth floor, we all look to the left, and there's a long hallway that leads to a corner we couldn't see around. Before we even started walking, we heard a god-awful, which I can only describe as a full roar coming from around the corner. It was a long roar that sounded very angry. Chills ran down my spine instantly, and then a shadow appeared around the corner, and we heard the cry again, much louder this time, more purposeful. Then before we knew it, this tall creature that looked like a bull slowly appeared around the corner and faced us, except this thing had glowing red eyes, twice the size. We were almost taking up the entire hallway. It was completely black, almost like a silhouette, and you could see the outline of this thing, its beady red eyes, and two large horns on the other side of its head. It snorted twice, then roared again as it began stamping towards us on all fours. We quickly jumped into the elevator. We were pressing the buttons all at the same time, hoping to get to the main floor. I could hear the loud creature's footsteps getting closer, and then the elevator door closed and the elevator started moving. There was a loud bang as the beast slammed into the door, shaking the elevator shaft. Luckily, the elevator kept going. Finally, we reached the main floor, and when the doors opened, we bolted out of the building, not even looking behind us for a second. We jumped in our car, floored it down the driveway, and peeled out. As we tore out of the driveway, I glanced back up at the building and saw two beady red eyes staring at me from one of the windows on the fifth floor. We have never talked about what happened there. It was just too terrifying. It's been well over 20 years since that happened. And last month, I remembered that place and decided to drive by it to see if it was still there. But now, instead of it being a bunch of woods and fields in the middle of nowhere with random buildings, it is now a brand new subdivision. I have tried to research this place, all over the internet, but I couldn't find any records or articles about the place at all. No property records, no news articles, no tax records, nothing. I even tried calling the county records and sheriff's office, and the lady who answered the phone told me there was no record of any buildings before those houses. Google didn't even have a street view available for that road yet, because it was so new. I wish I had more information on this, but maybe somebody listening to this show, who lives in that area, might know what I'm talking about.
I've experienced many creepy things in my life. This is the second bizarre encounter I've faced at a park. I've talked about my other meetings and encounters in the past with other people, but I wanted to share this one with you because it's one that still creeps me out. In my first year of high school, I had two friends that I was close with. I'll call them Bree and Y. I hung out with Bree and Y every weekend. Bree and I usually spend the night at Y's house on Friday. Her house was laid back, her parents were really cool, and they were okay with us being out late if we went home when her mom called. The three of us always went to a park near Y's house. It was only a few minutes away, so we would decide to walk there. I guess a little extra context, Y lives pretty much in the middle of nowhere on the outskirts of our small town. Anyways, the three of us would stay out late at the park. I know what you're thinking. Three teens at a park, late at night, in the middle of nowhere, no parents around? Looking back, it was dumb, and it wasn't smart for us to stay out so late. Anyway, one night we went to the park. We would often walk around, talk, get food, and eat at the park. It was late June, school was out, so we went to the park because the night breeze felt nice. We were there for a good two hours or so. Sometime around 1.30am, Wise mom called and said we should start heading back. We were at the playground, just chilling at the swing set. Suddenly, out of nowhere, I hear a woman crying, and it's uncontrollable crying. Absolutely frantic. I didn't know where it was coming from. My friends and I just sat there silent, kind of freaked out. I turned my head to where the swirly slide is, and I see some sort of woman, maybe in her late 20s, sitting there all by herself with her legs crossed, covering her eyes with her hands, and sobbing loudly. So right off the bat, I felt creeped out. This was a horror movie in the making. I felt highly uncomfortable. Let's ask her what's wrong, said my friend Bree. I told them that he was out of his mind. Bree and Y were trying to convince me to approach the woman with them, but I kept saying no. We just stood there watching this lady cry in confusion. Then we see two men come out of nowhere. Both of these men were Caucasian, both in their late 20s, I want to say. One man was tall and buff and the other was chubby but tall. The first guy walked over to the woman crying while the other guy sat at the bench, across from us, just watching us. The tall, buff guy said something to the woman, but I couldn't hear him. Then she gets up, still crying, and starts walking around the park with him. They were walking as if they were walking laps around the park. The man sitting on the bench, still looking at my friends and me, kind of starts freaking me out. I tell my friend that we should start walking home, he doesn't take his eyes off us the entire time, and we slowly but surely start walking and cross paths with the woman and the tall buff man. The woman is still crying, but I try to mind my business by not turning my head. I don't know why I got the strong urge to look, but I did. And when I did, I remember the fear that filled my body. As I slightly turned back, I could see that the man had a gun pointed at the woman's back. He had his other hand on the back of her neck. He was still close to us in this distance. He turned his head, made eye contact with me, and winked. At that moment, I didn't know what to do, but I told my friends to absolutely, by no means, stop running until they got home. They were confused as why I told them to run, and why I sounded so panicked. I didn't tell them the guy had a gun until we were far away from the park so they wouldn't freak out and scream. After that, we returned home and called the cops. We told Wise parents everything. 
I don't know why the men were there with that woman. I don't know what their intentions were. I just hope that she was safely rescued, and I'm glad that she got our attention, because we may have saved a life that day. I'm finally comfortable enough telling this story, so here we go. Four years ago, my deaf friend, Lane, and my other friend, Leo and Jay, decided we would go for a camping trip over the weekend. It was supposed to be perfect. For some context, Leo, Jay, and I are all pretty buff dudes, and Lane is a small, deaf, clumsy woman. Nevertheless, we were all friends. We got to the campsite and decided to camp at the site closest to the ranger station and bathrooms, as Lane did not want to pee in the woods. This was her first time camping. After we got our stuff set up, Lane needed to use the bathroom. We made Leo go with her, joking that she would get lost on the barely mile hike to the bathrooms. After about 10 minutes, they came back with Lane looking confused. They both explained that while Leo went into the bathroom, this greasy homeless looking guy came up to Lane and started talking to her. As mentioned above, she's deaf and couldn't read his lips because of this dude's horrid beard. She described it as being ratty and so long that it went past his belly button, so she stared at him until Leo returned and he left. We were weirded out and Jay and I went to check it out. We looked around for him but eventually gave up. The rest of our day went by nicely and by the time it was dark we had all gone to the bathroom and hadn't seen the guy. Nevertheless, Lane needed to go again and forced me to come along with her. I did such to make her feel better. And while she went, I decided to go ahead before I went to sleep as well and use the bathroom. This is where everything went wrong. While I was doing my business, I suddenly heard a loud banging and yelling. I zipped up and ran outside. The yelling was coming from the women's bathroom. And despite being a big dude, I ran in and tried to help. There I found the greasy dude from earlier. He was in fact dirty as all hell and looked like he had been sleeping in the dirt for months. He was on the floor beside Lane, apparently trying to essay her. He had a knife and already cut her once. The yelling was coming from him, who she had already kicked a few times. For those who do not know, deaf people usually can't make much noises or talk at all. I grabbed him and knocked the knife away before grabbing Lane and running to the ranger station. Lane was shaken up. The cut wasn't too deep or nasty and was fixed by a female ranger. I was still very angry and went to find the son of a bitch with the male ranger and inform Leo and Jay what had happened. And Leo and Jay went to see Lane, who was talking to some cops that had been called. We left the following day and about a month later, we were informed the guy had been found and caught. Apparently, he was trying to essay another woman in a cabin at another campsite. Lane is still traumatized and hasn't even taken a walk since this event. None of us have gone camping since and probably don't plan to. We already went to court, and the guy is in prison, thankfully. I've shared this story here to help warn others that anything can happen anywhere. Be careful and safe next time you go out, whether it's the middle of nowhere, whether it's the deep woods, or whether it's the middle of the city, you don't know what's out there waiting for you. This happened in West Texas roughly about a year or so ago. This, to my knowledge, is an absolutely true story. Last year, there was a visible comet. 
I'm sure most of the United States know about what I'm talking about. I was a sophomore in high school when this happened, so I'm still probably of the same maturity at the time of the story. But anyways, I wanted to see the comment. My family, being my mom, stepdad and two brothers at the time, and I lived and work on a farm in the middle of nowhere. The BFE, if you will. It's all cotton, corn, and milo. So we are most certainly out in the sticks with this rural farming community. A good drive from town. With the lack of city lights, we had a perfect view to see the comet. We all would have gone, but my mom stayed with my brothers because they were three and one at the time, and it was about 10.30 at night. So if they woke up by any chance, someone had to be home. To make a long story short, we go to the field, take out the binoculars, and have a pretty good time. When we got home, I traded with my mom, and she went to the view. They were gone for 20 minutes, so nothing unnatural. But when they came back, they were downright creeped out. They said as they were driving to a field, we call the canal, they saw this huge fireball in the sky. My mom explained that it hovered in a constant state, but it sometimes would move closer than back away. I'm not sure what she meant, but she said it stayed the same size. Like she could tell, it came closer, then backed off, but it was always the same size. She almost described it like an artificial sun. It stayed there for about five minutes and then just disappeared, like they blinked and it was gone. In this rural farming community, there are no oil fields here, strictly cotton as it was the season. I don't think my parents would make it up because they have no incentive to. And while we can see the city lights from where we live sometimes on a very clear night, it was in the entire opposite direction. The road goes north and south, the fireball was due east, and the city being in the west. We all together spent about an hour researching. I googled fireball in the sky. My stepdad looked up anything in the local news like an explosion or something, and my mom checked Facebook, but no one else had seen it, or at least there were no other posts about it. They still bring it up now and then, but as far as I know, nothing ever came from it. If anybody wants to do some digging, I can definitely write in in the future and share some more information. My history teacher swears to God he saw a UFO around that same time, within the same week. But I'm not saying it was or wasn't a UFO because I don't know myself. The only thing I've ever found similar was when I was watching some paranormal TV show about UFOs and they mentioned a bright fireball in the sky. Again, my parents have no reason to fake this, and if they did, I don't know why they'd put so much effort into looking into it. But yeah, that's my encounter. This isn't quite a hiking story, but it's very similar. In August of 2019, I loaded a bunch of camping gear onto my bicycle and spent the better part of the next seven months riding 5,300 miles around the United States. I most often preferred to wild camp, so rather than staying in proper campgrounds, I would just find a place to disappear into the woods for the night. In late September, I was camping somewhere in the middle of nowhere, Montana. I was quite a ways out there, far from the nearest town. I went off into the woods and set up camp. After using the last few minutes of sunlight to eat some dinner, brush my teeth, and write in my journal, I laid down to get some sleep. Over the past month or so of sleeping in the woods, I had grown very accustomed to the nighttime sounds of the forest. The chirping of crickets and croaking of toads can be quite loud and deafening. 
there was always at least a slight breeze rustling through the leaves of the trees. It was always a highlight of my night, though not particularly uncommon, to hear the distant yips and howls of coyotes. And one night I was very excited to hear two owls, one on either side of my tent, hooting back and forth. So that one night in Montana, I was quite alarmed to hear the sound of the forest was completely silent, like somebody had hit the mute button on everything around me. There was not a single sound to be heard. Even the air was dead still with no breeze to rustle the dry leaves of autumn still clinging to the trees, and it was honestly terrifying. On that night, there would occasionally be the snapping of a twig or some other such sound that normally would be lost in the other commotion. But that night, there was no background noise to mask the few other sounds that I did hear. I would hear something, ever so slightly, walking closer to me. The little twig snapping sounds were a hundred times louder. But, as anticlimactic as this might be, nothing really came of it. On that trip, I slept in some very loud places, like the night I pitched my tent right next to some train tracks that ended up being much more active than I thought. I shared a hostel room with a guy who snored and a bunkmate who talked in his sleep, both in the same night. But that night of absolute silence in the woods of Montana was the worst night of sleep I have ever had. I biked for 179 days, and that was my scariest experience. It was the loudest silence I had ever heard, and it absolutely terrified me. I really don't know what or who created those footsteps, and how they just dissipated as they got close to my tent. But I will forever remember this moment. Thanks for listening to these creepy and allegedly true middle-of-nowhere horror stories. If you enjoyed these stories, please be sure to hit that like button as it helps me out a ton. The more likes this episode gets, the more YouTube promotes it in the algorithm, and that helps the swamp grow and hit fresh new eyes. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, maybe give this a 5-star rating over there, as this really helps us grow and is very much appreciated. If you're new to the swamp, why not join us? Hit that subscribe button and turn on notifications so you never miss a new episode. I upload them nearly every single day on all things natural and supernatural. If you're on the go but don't have YouTube Premium but still want to download and listen to your favorite Swamp Dweller scary stories no matter where you are, you can download them absolutely free from Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, and just about anywhere else you find your favorite podcast online. It's absolutely free and always will be. If you would like to support the Swamp outside of that, maybe check out the merch store. I've got t-shirts, hoodies, and more. I'd love to see you guys wearing some cool Swamp threads. Come join me over on Twitch. I stream multiple times a week. We play horror games, watch horror movies, and all kinds of cool stuff over there. You can find a link to follow me over there in the description. If you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, be sure to submit it at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I'm always looking for brand new scary stories to share. Whether they're from the middle of nowhere, deep in the woods, encounters with cryptids or paranormal entities, I'd love to share your story. Thank you guys as always for supporting the swamp like you do every single day. You guys are the heartbeat behind the swamp. I'll see you all soon with another creepy episode. And be sure to join me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook for more updates. I'll see you guys soon.